0: Rob, I've been thinking about fruits some more, <laughs> and specifically is... <laughs> the uh-huh. fruits that we used to have. The difference between when we were kids and now the corn is a lot sweeter. Yeah. And watermelons almost completely seedless. Oh, you thank know, like God. Back in the day, you had to spit out the black ones. But the white ones were also pretty bad, but, like, you could still chew through them. (laughs) Yeah. They got a new banana in Japan now. Oh. Ooh. Like, is it square? No. Oh. But the skin is edible. No. Dude. Yeah. It just makes me, you know, wonder for the next generation. They're going to be very confused at cartoons. (laughs) And they're never going to be able to eat the banana after the condom demonstration.
1: Oh, oh. (laughs) I told you not to do that. And you still did it. And everyone was grossed out.
0: Hey, the skin is a protective layer, okay?
1: (laughs) It was actually, technically, it was double protected at that point.
0: There were very little chance of STDs on that banana. (laughs) It's time time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale! Hello and welcome to the show that usually ends. It's another episode of Interrupted Tales. The podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I am Alan, and I have with me tonight my friend Rob. Rob, how are you?
1: Alan, I am fantastic. I this is uh, this is a time of national pride. It's we're recording during the Winter Olympics. We have like something like one and a half medals, but uh, I'm loving every second of it.
0: Very patriotic of you to date our podcast like that, Ron.
1: <laughs> I didn't say which Winter Olympics. Could be Beijing.
0: That's right. Sarajevo. Who knows?
1: <laughs> oh, no, she. so she didn't.
0: Hmm. No. No. Not. No. Anyways, tonight our story is from the anthology Nightlife Tales, Winter 1940, and it is entitled Scrambled Yeggs by art nuns yeggs 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 she's got yeggs
1: she knows how to use them none of us know how to use them because we don't know what that means
0: well i think we'll find out in this story well it's time to curl up in your favorite chair and grab no it's time to grab a drink
1: no curl up in your favorite chair and grab a drink
0: i think you should get the drink first because then you'd be in the chair. Well, that brings up a good point. I've been meaning to talk about this. Shouldn't we pour a drink? Well, no. I mean, what if you get a Coke out of a can, you know? I do. If you pour it, you're pouring it into your mouth. Your mouth hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeggs. Yegs. A little Frenchman at the office of the Bar de Légion d'Arneux was adamant.
1: Adamant that he wasn't little, that is. I'm as tall as Napoleon, monsieur.
0: Very good, sir. Uh, His waxed black mustache danced excitedly on his upper lip. Indigo eyes sparkled.
1: Indigo eyes? He should see a doctor about that. Wait, maybe he's a robot and not French. Ooh, or a French robot. He surrenders at twice the speed of a regular robot. Um, That's the last of my French jokes. You're welcome.
0: Those are French jokes?
1: (laughs) I had to go with the classics.
0: How do you know he's not just a robot that has colored contacts, Rob? (laughs) We'll never, ever know. I am sorry, monsieur, he repeated. I cannot do nothing for you. There is not one ticket to the ball. They have all been taken by the Légion d'Honneur and their guests. I am sorry.
1: I am also sorry for these accents. My parents were from the French land at, how you say, <laughs> the Epcot Center.
0: Uh, actually, uh, I was only from the Epcot Center on my mother's side. On my father's side, I was the Steve Martin from the Pink Panther. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that one, specifically. Uh-huh.
0: Eddie Quince gave vent to a labial noise closely approximating the familiar Bronx cheer. Oh, dear story. Please never use the term labial
1: noise again.
0: Thank you. Come on. That's it's just a little titillation for people who don't really know what that word labial means. Now, hold on. I'm going to make a little labial noise like you. Oh. Right? Uh, no. Oh, come on. Uh, now, that's pure Latin mm, derived words. That's mm, etymology, Rob.
1: Mm, okay.
0: <clears throat>
1: All right. I've got it back together.
0: Nuts, he muttered. I beg your pardon, monsieur, the little Frenchman said.
1: I I said I want nuts. You got any cashews around here? Maybe some almonds or a bridge mix? Ah, forget it. Just give me some snails or whatever you Frenchies eat.
0: I'm a little disappointed in the the nuts you listed off, Rob. You could have gone with filbert. You could have gone with Brazil
1: nut. I'm not sure people had parents like mine who were ancients and born in in such a time that they actually ate filbert nuts or know what filbert nuts are.
0: Forget it, Froggy. You are sure you can't get me into the shindig? I'm a gentleman of the press.
1: Ah, yes. The respected press who visit France and call people Froggy. Stay classy, America.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm the fucking fourth estate over here. Isn't the... Is it the fourth estate? It I it? think it's the fourth estate. Fifth
1: estate? No, the fifth estate is love. It's the same as the fifth element. I'm not sure why.
0: No, you're thinking of the fifth dimension.
1: Oh, no. Fifth dimension is the age of Aquarius.
0: Let the sunshine in. <laughs> A pained expression floated over the Frenchman's face. If I could, Monsieur, I would be très happy.
1: Or at least it's très cool. Maybe I could drum some of basket case for you. Okay,
0: all right. I approve.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: But, mon Dieu, what can I do? The members and the friends have all the tickets. There's a lot of z here. That when like they say with the French, there's ZZ tops. Is that what the song Lagrange Grange is about? Lagrange? <laughs> La Grange?
1: La Grange, yes. It's actually oh. about visiting Paris and uh, trying to get into a ball.
0: Eddie scratched his head. How about letting me see the admission list so I'll know who's going to be there?
1: Oh, oh, completely destroys the trust of our extremely rich bar attendees for some insulting jamouk? Of course, right away, sir!
0: I've got to send some sort of a story back to my paper. The gentleman of the press label, Eddie had assumed, was nothing more than a label. He'd been a newspaper reporter back in Kansas City, but it was so long ago he had forgotten what it was all about.
1: Was, was I on the sports beat uh, style <laughs> section? It's, whatever. All I know is that I started the Spanish-American War, and I liked it. Oh, dear Eddie.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> now I remember. <laughs> His main purpose in posing as a newspaper man was to gain admission to the exclusive Bar de la Jeanne d'Honneur. The little Frenchman brightened. Uh, we'm sure, of course, that I can do. He scuttled off, returning with countless sheets of typewritten names.
1: Yes, countless sheets of probably ten pages. Life before computers, folks.
0: Nine out of ten were prefixed "Chevalier." Eddie ran his eyes down the list. They stopped at the impressive cognomen: His Highness Victor San Romo Valento et Entourage d'Allys.
1: Ooh, I saw him open for the Parliament Funkadelic Mothership Connection Tour. He was unlistenable, but his costumes were amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he toured with Bella Fleck of the Flecktones for a bit. <laughs> Who's he? Eddie inquired. The Crown Prince of Alesia, monsieur. And where is Alesia? I believe it's south of Vervitania, Somewhere between Arztoska and the island of Sodor. "'Glory to (laughs) Artoska!' "'Glory!' "'The Frenchman shrugged. "'That I do not know, Monsieur. "'His highness is now at the Vendôme Hotel.' "'There was a strange glint in Eddie's eyes. "'He copies down the royal dignitary's name. "'Thanks a lot,' he said.
1: "'I'd uh, tip you, but I left my money in my other pants, "'and, well, I don't want to.'
0: "'Oh, well, it's, you know, it's rude in Europe.' (laughs) <laughs> and the less money you have, the ruder it is. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: The Vendome was one of paris's most expensive Rococo hostelries.
1: Ah, Rococo. You know what they say. If it's Baroque, don't stay there because it's old and there are probably bedbugs.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> Oyster.com never steers me wrong. Bold as brass, Eddie walked up to the desk and asked for the crown prince. The clerk eyed him. Who shall I say is calling, monsieur?
1: An American, mister.
0: That's all you need to know, see? A representative of the Paris edition of the New York Bulletin. Ten minutes later, Eddie was admitted to a suite of rooms on the sixth floor of the hotel. As he entered the drawing room, he stopped short, stared straight ahead of him. There, reclining on a low, damask-covered divan, was a gorgeous, dark-haired female. She was wearing a thin, spun silver negligee, draped loosely about her body.
1: Oh, negligees. The comfy pants and hoodies of 1921 Paris. The golden age.
0: (laughs) I'm just uh, imagining these super, like, gauzy negligee outfits, and they've all got the word pink embroidered (laughs) on the butt.
1: (laughs) Sounds about right.
0: I beg your pardon, he murmured.
1: I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to make my eyes bug out and my tongue unravel to the floor while while saying Ayuga with steam coming out of my ears. I'm I'm so embarrassed.
0: You know, they say uh, write what you know, and Tex Avery really (laughs) drew on his life experiences. (laughs) The girl looked up from her magazine. Her black eyes flashed from long, curled lashes. Her mouth... Carmine, red and moist, smiled a greeting. Bonjour, monsieur. You have come to see the crown prince. She sat up. Eddie's heart thumped like a trip hammer.
1: It comically pounded in a heart shaped out of his chest. Then he had a massive heart attack and died. The end. Wow. Surprising finish to the story. Yeah. Alan, lunch? Yeah. Okay, I could eat. All right. Tie
0: a month in France had given Eddie a pretty fair idea of the local crop of beauties.
1: He may not be a newspaper reporter, but his time in Paris had prepared him for a key position on the Creepshot subreddit.
0: It's a tough beat, but, uh, you know, you gotta pay your dues. <laughs> Work your way up. Mm, no, that's <laughs> no. not... Nope.
1: <laughs> well, really, that's that's the end goal, is working your way up.
0: Uh, <laughs> they were plenty spiffy, all things considered. But this gorgeous creature, French or Alesian, whatever that was, had the Parisian cuties backed off the map for class. yes, uh, Eddie mumbled. I'd like to see his highness.
1: That's that's, uh, not a euphemism for your genitals, I swear.
0: The girl swung her shapely legs off the divan. Your name, monsieur, she queried, rising. For a long moment, Eddie found it difficult to reply.
1: Ooh, sounds like he's got some carbon scoring. Quick, someone remove his restraining bolt.
0: (laughs) Okay. Your name, monsieur, she repeated, a faint smile playing about her voluptuously incarnadined lips.
1: Um, whatever you want it to be, pretty lady. (laughs)
0: Uh, Edward Quince, Eddie managed. She undulated out of the room, felt hips swinging. Eddie felt the palms of his hands beginning to moisten. Eddie
1: Quince, clammy P.I.
0: Oh, oh, I know you did it, and I've got the goods on you. And Oh, do you have some kind of towel or, you know, <laughs> some, some talcum? Just hold on. <laughs> I, I know I brought you all here, all 13 of you, to solve... <laughs> This mystery One <laughs> of you, of you but...
1: one of you must have gold bombed. Please, somebody.
0: <laughs> Sweet Lord. If a bare half hour before someone had told him he was gonna rest his eyes on a brunette Venus, he would have laughed in that someone's face. Oh, she's
1: got it. Yeah, baby, she's got it.
0: No, I'm if I make a Bananarama joke, that's a pretty good callback to the opening segment. But if I make a shocking blue joke, then I'm pretty sure there's a good sexual double entendre in there somewhere. Uh, so I'm going to, could I get a could I get a sign from my manager, please? What is it, that? You tugging on your ear? Yeah, yeah. Tug, okay. tug. Nope. Nope. Okay. You know what? I'm going to hold.
1: <laughs> Smart.
0: Anxious moments went by. Eddie possessed of a swell plan for getting into the ball almost forgot the purpose of his visit. He almost forgot the
1: purpose of his visit, but the story definitely has because I have no friggin' idea what's going on.
0: (laughs) This guy can't even remember what beat he was on.
1: I don't know why he's there, Alan. I don't know why we're here. Um, What is happening?
0: Well, I got to say there's quite an interesting illustration here (laughs) on the opposite page that maybe makes it a little clearer. For the listeners,
1: this is from a bit of a girly magazine from 1921. So it's, um, it's uh, 41. It's, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. I think we're Uh, going to have to post this with the podcast, maybe, maybe throw it up on Twitter or something.
1: I'm opening Photoshop now.
0: This is, uh, this is going to be a somewhat uncomfortable statement, but my grandmother had a bathtub curtain that Almost looks identical to this.
1: <laughs> was her whole bathroom done in like Le Chat Noir uh, mm-hmm. pictures? You got it.
0: Now, with the stunning femme out of his sight, it returned to her mind. Everything would depend on whether this high mockety mock from Alasia was anywhere near Eddie's size and build. If this is
1: all just an elaborate plan to raid this guy's underwear drawer,
0: I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, unless Me Undies is our new sponsor? No, no. Oh, damn it!
1: We're never going to get a sponsor. No,
0: we're not going to get a sponsor, and you know I don't want to jinx things, but I don't know if Me Undies makes comfortable underwear in Podcaster size. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fair enough fair enough
0: if he happened to be short, fat and roly-poly or tall, gaunt and angular by the way, according to this marketing copy uh is great for both the short fat and roly-poly and tall, gaunt and angular podcaster uh, hashtag sponsored, not sponsored it would be just too bad the curtains separating the drawing room of the suite from the one adjoining parted.
1: Wait, there are two drawing rooms in this suite? Oh, those frogs really know how to live it up.
0: Hey, they they preferred to be called le frogs, Rob.
1: <laughs> le frogs.
0: And the beautiful brunette returned. I am sorry, monsieur, she said, but his highness cannot be disturbed. He is resting in preparation for the tonight. I am his sister. Can I help? That depends. What size suit do you wear? (laughs) Eddie licked his lips. He made a mental note to find out where in hell Alicia was. Ironically, it is in hell,
1: right next to the Panda Express.
0: Oh, yeah, it's right between the Panda Express and the Good Sparrows. (laughs) If this beauty was any sample of the feminine Elysians, that was the place for Eddie Quince. Uh, yes, it is about the ball, Eddie gulped. I I just wanted to ask him about his costume and, well, and get his viewpoint on things in general. You know, we do that with all the visiting celebrities.
1: We also do carpool karaoke, but to be honest, it's getting a bit old.
0: I know. They sing all their own songs. Why don't they sing some of other people's songs? Yeah. Give it a nice little fun vibe and not just like a self-promo thing. Yeah. She nodded. We, I am aware of that, monsieur. I am sorry. I cannot help you. The costume is a secret. As for anything else, I do not know.
1: All I know is he's had to tear up his Sean Spicer costume because it turned out nobody cared anymore about him. Oh,
0: no. Spicy's making a comeback. <laughs> Don't Haven't you comeback. seen his world tour? Come on.
1: <laughs> oh, Spicy.
0: He's going to tour for 12 or 13 Scaramoochies. <laughs> Eddie backed to the door. He was reluctant to leave, but in a case like this, it paid to be prudent. If luck was with him, he'd have an ample opportunity to meet this Venus on an equal footing.
1: What does that mean exactly? Is he going to come back dressed in a negligee?
0: Uh, In high heels. He wants to be at eye height with her.
1: Oh, all right. I like it.
0: Thank you very much, he gasped. Uh, Goodbye. She followed him to the door. Out on the street, Eddie glanced at his watch. Five o'clock. If anything was to be accomplished, he had a very little time in which to accomplish it.
1: Yeah, that uh, Paris really shuts down and becomes a ghost town after 5.30, I hear.
0: Right. Well, they take a siesta from uh, (laughs) 6.30 in the evening till uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) So it's a a small window. (laughs) He looked into his wallet, almost 2,000 francs. That was $120 in American money.
1: Or one one one-hundredth of a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Wait, one one one-thousandth of a Bitcoin? Mm. Hold on. Oh, two Bitcoins. I can't tell what's going on with this market anymore.
0: A hell of a lot to pay for admission to a mass ball, but he was determined to crash the gates of the exclusive shindig, no matter what the price. Why? We don't know. When? We don't care. (laughs) And now, too, there was an added incentive, a dark-haired incentive. (laughs) Eddie doffed his thinking cap for the time being, stepped into a cafe for an absinthe frappe. Alan,
1: do you get the whipped cream on your absinthe frappe or just the chocolate shavings?
0: You know, if they say whip, I feel like I'm obligated to say no, but I kind of want them not to ask if I want the whip. And then it's just like, okay, (laughs) I'm being a little naughty.
1: I'll get the whip, but then I always get the double shot of absinthe.
0: Yeah, I get a whip and two shots of (laughs) Nene. It was 6.30 when he returned to the lobby of the Vendome, slumped down in a chair behind a potted plant, kept his eyes glued on the elevator.
1: Said it before and I'll say it again, Alan. Television cannot come fast enough for these people.
0: Yeah. An hour of watchful waiting brought reward. A gorgeous brunette, swathed in an ermine wrap, came out of the elevator on the arm of a man approximately Eddie's height and build
1: Convenient.
0: Well, it keeps the story moving, doesn't it? (laughs) He, too, was wearing a voluminous opera cloak, but Eddie could see the striped trousers of a colorful uniform and a gold-braided military collar. Both the girl and the man had black dominoes over their eyes.
1: It made it hard to see, but they were prepared in case they ran into any elderly Cuban men with gambling money. Ah, play on the word dominoes. Yes, because the Cuban they love the
0: dominoes. Okay. Eddie quivered with excitement. He was certain that this was His Highness, the Crown Prince of Alicia.
1: The totally real country that totally isn't made up, we swear.
0: That's a real country, Rob.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I've offended three quarters of our listening audience.
0: <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it would not take many people for that to happen. <laughs> He memorized the gold spinach on the man's patent leather peaked hat. It had an old rose crown and was festooned with garlands of braid. A second man in uniform, not as gaudy as the crown princess, followed the royal couple through the lobby. How could
1: anything be as gaudy as the crown princess? He has gold spinach on a patent leather hat.
0: (laughs) Eddie watched them all get into a cab and drive off. He grinned and rubbed his hands in gleeful anticipation. Now, it was all up to him.
1: Oh, at last, the plan we've heard so much about will spring into action! Wait, we have no idea what's going on? Oh, well,
0: carry on doing nothing story. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like in Hitman, you're like, Oh my god, that's my target, that's my target, oh my- god. Oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. <laughs> Oh, I should have put on a uniform or an outfit. Oh man, I don't, I don't how am I going to get him in the bathroom?
1: I'm stuck behind this bush. I don't know what to do.
0: It is too well known a fact to warrant undue explanation. The Parisian taxi driver will sell his soul and the soul of each member of his family for the almighty Frank.
1: He'd even sell you the shirt off his back for a Frank Stallone.
0: Mm, okay, I don't play on the word Frank.
1: Dun, da da.
0: Very nice. Acting on this truism, Eddie sallied forth from the hotel, picked a likely-looking driver, and engaged him in conversation. For how much will you rent me your uniform and your cab, he questioned. The driver's bushy eyebrows arched. For how long, monsieur? All night. Five hundred francs?
1: 500 francs agree. You can't pay too much for a good pair of shoes. I mean, your feet are what you walk on. 500 francs agree. You can't pay too much for a good pair of shoes.
0: 500 franc fans can't be wrong. (laughs) Eddie computed rapidly. That would be $30. No, too much. I'll give you 300 francs. Ah, but monsieur, it is against the law. Supposing I am caught there, listen. I'll get you out. 300 francs. What do you say?
1: Thank God the story finally has some fevered haggling. That's what I say. I almost thought it was going to be boring.
0: Oh, foolish, Rob. How foolish. (laughs) It was five times what the cabbie would earn. He knew it, and Eddie knew it. A little more bantering, back and forth, and the deal was closed. A bare half hour later, Eddie, in the driver's gray uniform, slipped up behind the wheel of the cab.
1: Now he was finally ready to pick up the shadow at a moment's notice. Was the shadow French? He, he, no, but he has a cab driver that drives him around he, instead of a Batmobile. It's a...
0: Yeah, in America.
1: Well, it, it's, it, you know, it's a cab. How's he going to get the cab to America, Rob? There are boats, Alan. It's the forties. Come
0: on. Oh Lord! Hey, television was already invented. No one had it. The story's <laughs> going downhill. You will return it to twenty-two Rue Sabien by dawn, Monsieur. The cabbie questioned anxiously. Maybe before then, Frenchy. Toodle Wait, toodles loo.
1: Mickey Mouse Clubhouse never even mentioned that Toodles needed a bathroom. Now I have a lot of questions about robot clock restroom habits, Alan.
0: Uh, okay, uh, let's let's put a pin in that one, and we'll come back to it when you're older. With a great clatter of meshing gears, the ancient squeaking vehicle rolled away, narrowly missing a traffic policeman and a lumbering omnibus. Eddie reached the Maison of the Legion of Honor, drew up before the canopy stretching to the curb.
1: Finally, his carefully laid plan revealed he's going to drive to a hotel and take someone to the airport. What a tactical genius! I love this story!
0: An epauletted doorman hurried to the cab. Eddie leaned out. He pressed a folded hundred-franc note into the doorman's hand. Speaking low and rapidly, He described the crown prince of Elysia's uniform, height, weight, and general as best he could.
1: Oh, and he's uh, got two dominoes over his eyes. You you can't miss him, honestly.
0: Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the gentleman there is someone here to see him. Make it clear that it is important. If you succeed in bringing him out, I will give you another hundred francs. The doorman, blood brother to all the other doormen in every part of the world, Knew his onions. He had learned them from his Aunt Vidalia. <laughs> she used to get pickled every night. <laughs> I don't like myself for that.
1: <laughs> kind of like you more for it. No.
0: <laughs> for cash in hand, he would perform miracles. He nodded and vanished into the Maison. Eddie stepped out of the driver's seat, put up the collar of his coat up around his face. He opened the back of the cab, waited anxiously. Sure enough, out came the crown prince in full, glittering regalia. Three rows of medals shimmering on his chest. He paused uncertainly under the canopy. This way, monsieur, Eddie said. <laughs> his heart was in his throat.
1: It sounds strange, but doing that was the only way you could get the accent just right.
0: Yep, it's up in your throat and then you gotta clench the buttocks. Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. <laughs>
1: Why it's so authentic?
0: The crown prince stepped forward. He looked around, puzzled. Who is wishes to see me? He questioned. A gentleman inside the cab, monsieur, Eddie blurted. You mean the empty cab I can clearly see through the windows
1: of? Well, okay, trusty stranger.
0: The crown prince stooped, entered the open door. Eddie, using his body as a shield against the doorman, jerked a leather-covered blackjack from his pocket, swung it, tapped the unsuspecting crown prince on the back of the head.
1: Whoa. This went from what I thought would be a harmless prank to kidnapping really quickly.
0: Where does a man get a blackjack? Because the only way I know is to have it on your starting inventory of a new Dungeons & Dragons character, okay? (laughs) You can't even get that from a merchant. He slumped into the seat without a sound. Eddie slammed the door shut, hurriedly gave the doorman his second tip, and drove off.
1: Yes, the doorman who would take a bribe from anyone and clearly saw what just happened is sure to keep his
0: trust. 200 francs, and it (laughs) stays outside the doors of this hotel where a bunch of people saw it. (laughs) He stopped the cab on a dark street. Ten minutes of work, and the crown prince was bound hand and foot with stout rope. His mouth effectively gagged. Eddie stripped him of his resplendent uniform, ran the cab to the banks of the Seine, rolled the still unconscious crown prince into the grass behind a thick bush.
1: Wait, when did Charlotte Rampling arrive?
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, my. It was a warm (laughs) night, and he was certain the royal visitor would suffer no ill effects.
1: Sure, leave a guy unconscious and tied up next to a river.
0: What could go wrong? Do it all the time hit Hitman. No one's come knocking on my door yet. (laughs) That done, he raced to 22 Rue Sapien and routed out the cabbie who'd rented him the hack. Before the astounded eyes of the man, he removed the driver's uniform and substituted the outfit of old Rose and braid, even to the black domino over his eyes.
1: Domino, motherfuckers.
0: Now, drive me to the Maison de Légion d'Honneur, and I will be through with the cab. The unsuspecting doorman bowed Eddie into the exclusive ball.
1: Wait, wait. The costume was a secret. So couldn't he just have rented an elaborate costume and walked right in? This is not a joke, Alan. I don't understand what's going on.
0: You know, the ticket might have been printed on the mask.
1: Sure. We'll go with that.
0: Sure. No sooner had he stepped into a room thronged with brilliantly costumed people and alive with the rhythmic strains of music than a hand fell on his arm. He turned to look into the bright, masked eyes of the gorgeous brunette. She was wearing the costume of a ballet dancer, tight and scant. Tight and scant, Scrooge McDuck impersonators.
1: Wait, wait, there's a firm, there's enough business for this firm that they need to have two Scrooge McDuck impersonators?
0: No, they're scant. There're very few of them. <laughs> but they're tight. In the role of Scrooge McDuck, they're tight, you know?
1: No, I that's what I'm I'm not doubting that at all.
0: Listen, if you don't want to invest, then why are you coming to this seminar? <laughs>
1: I thought this was going to be Scrooge McDuck giving autographs.
0: No, that's next door.
1: Damn it. (laughs) Three hours for nothing.
0: Okay, are you interested in timeshare?
1: No. Oh, I want scant ducks. Damn it. Tight, scant ducks.
0: Where have you been, Hugo? She whispered. I was worried.
1: Also, why is your mouth, chin, and entire shape of your face different?
0: Oh, come on. It's Batman rules here, okay?
1: All right, all right, fine.
0: Eddie's lips smiled. He made no reply, preferring to take no chances of detection. He eased her into his arms and danced her away. And dance
1: the night away. Yeah,
0: okay, now do Jamie's crying.
1: Oh, oh, oh Jamie's crying.
0: Okay, now ain't talking about love.
1: Ain't talking about love.
0: Okay, great. Now do eruption. Nope. Suddenly a chilling <laughs> thought came to him. She was the crown prince's sister. If he attempted to make love to her, she would know something was wrong.
1: <laughs> I don't know, Alan. It's France. She may give him a pass.
0: Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> she would know something was wrong if he made a move on her.
0: Yeah. Unless Art Nuns. <laughs> is a george R. R. martin pseudonym
1: he's got a lot of them it's
0: always possible okay hugo she placed her lips very close to his ear this is probably very uncomfortable now that i think about it <laughs> tickles at, yep. very, at the very least uh, francois will be ready soon had we not better go to the lounge Remember, we planned on inventing
1: the menage a trois tonight. No, she's the
0: crown, crown prince's.
1: She's the crown prince's sister. Rob, well, she's coming on to him. I think, sort of, kind of. No, that doesn't. No. Hmm. Mm.
0: Story. Eddie nodded. The girl slipped her arm in his. Together, they walked off the dance floor into the palm-strewn lounge seated themselves in an overstuffed loveseat. She leaned towards him, offered her parted red lips. That's definitely not that uh, guy's sister, right? I don't know. Oh, my. Eddie had always been taught to act first and ask questions after. He acted, kissing her.
1: See? I told you things are different in France, Alan.
0: You still care for Marie, don't you, Hugo darling? she murmured. So that was her name Marie. Eddie disguised his voice and managed to faint We We here, hold on. Let me run the gamut. Oui. He was about to continue where he had left off when another man in uniform hurried up, dropped something in Marie's lap, and beat a hasty departure.
1: It was a flaming bag of poop, so he was getting out of there fast.
0: Yeah, you got to do it fast, but then you, you miss the reaction. It's a catch-22 with the it, flaming it, bag of poop. It
1: is. It's really rough, because you just got to run and run and run. And yeah. You miss
0: it. The girl tensed. Come. We must go. She pulled the bodice of her costume away, slid something into the aperture, and rose hurriedly. Eddie caught a gleam of white, the sheen of what looked like pearls. Why was she secreting
1: pearls? Perhaps a grain of sand was trapped within her mantle folds. Wait, secreting, not secreting. Still, he should check her mantle folds.
0: <laughs> you know, there's only so much they could do in the 1940s, Rob. <laughs> there was no time to ask questions. Marie fairly dragged him out to the coat room. Before Eddie knew it, he was alone with her in a taxicab and she had ordered the driver to go to the Vendôme.
1: The Vendôme, home to Paris's largest automat. Vendôme.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might leave that in just so you can explain it to the audience, Rob.
1: <laughs> it's probably for the best.
0: All right. Once the cab moved away from the Maison de la Légion Marie breathed a deep sigh of relief. Uh, Sucre... I am glad that it's over. I was so nervous, Hugo. Before Eddie's gaping eyes, she shrugged off her wrap, lowered the straps of her costume. Eddie got goggle-eyed when he saw what was nestling in her bosom.
1: It was that sexy gremlin from Gremlins too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it would be surprising. Yeah, that'll make you goggle-eyed. <laughs> Marie held it up. It was a stunning pearl necklace, shimmering with all the pure fire of its dozens of big pearls.
1: Yes, the pure fire of beautiful milky white pearls. Nothing sparklier than that. No, sir.
0: Not bad, Hugo, eh? She questioned. Is it not worth at least one million francs? Eddie's mind whirled. He had the faintest idea what this was all about, but he had a premonition he was getting himself into plenty of hot water. Um, One might say he had already was in hot water by pretending to be a
1: cabbie, knocking someone out and dumping him by the river for no reason whatsoever.
0: No, that's just um, shenanigans, Rob. <laughs> Legally shenanigans. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that would be the charge. And they'd be like, oh, it's just shenanigans.
0: Sure. Francois will meet us at the train, Marie said. We must get rid of these costumes immediately. It will not be long before these gendarmes will be looking for us. Jewel thieves! It hit Eddie smack in the nose. Jewel thieves. They weren't members of royalty
1: at all. He's as disappointed as I was when I learned that King Biscuit wasn't royalty either. Or a person. And wasn't in business anymore. No. There was a lot of disappointment that day, Alan.
0: Well, who is reigning during the flower hour?
1: Nobody. It was all a sham.
0: What? But where did the proclamations go? And (laughs) who made the scorpions Knights of the Garter then?
1: It was all the dream.
0: They were crooks posing as members of royalty.
1: Wait, is he getting self-righteous now? Wasn't he planning on doing something illegal there?
0: Um, if we're talking people posing as members of royalty... Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I think he's
1: on the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right now, some wealthy dowager was missing that necklace at the ball. Oh, I know I
1: left the house with them. Some evil foreigner must have absconded with them. My word. I must call those three detectives I heard about and see if they can take the case. I hope it's Curly and not (laughs) Shemp. Don't we all?
0: (laughs) Eddie had half a mind to stop the cab and get out. Another look at Marie's voluptuous beauty changed his mind. And anyway, the cab was still drawing up before the Vendome, Still masked, they both walked through the lobby, took the elevator to the phony Crown Prince's suite.
1: Looking not at all suspicious. Everyone had masks on back then. That's just Paris in the Roaring Twenties, people. Zoot suits and masks.
0: Oh, yeah, everybody had their eyes wide shut the whole time, so. (laughs) We must hurry, chérie, Marie said, once they were behind locked doors. Eddie caught her in his arms. If he was taking the chance of being nabbed as a jewel thief, he had to get back something out of it.
1: At least a nice bracelet or a pair of earrings. Or a brooch. Ooh, he should totally get a brooch.
0: Yeah. Oh, cameo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Boy, you'd be telling stories about that night that you got a cameo for years.
1: Word up. Ow. It's the code word. Got
0: it. Got it, cameo. I know. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah. He bent her back, kissing her full on the lips. Timeless minutes later, Eddie removed his mask. The girl's face drained of color. She sat and stared like one transfixed.
1: Oh, man, just like Revenge of the Nerds. This is where they got that from.
0: I'm a detective, Eddie lied. It's too bad you had to get mixed up with that gang of yeggs.
1: Well, she does have yeggs, and yes, she does know how to use them. I don't know what the hell he's talking about.
0: ZZ Top on this week's King Biscuit Flower Hour. <laughs> Open-mouthed, Marie gaped. How else are you going to do that? Nope, never mind, internet. Nope. <laughs> do not Hold ask. Hold on. Nope.
1: Do not ask. <laughs> oh, shit.
0: She could not utter a sound. Eddie crossed to a phone. He called the police headquarters, reported the recovery of the pearl necklace, told them where they could find the fake crown prince and his henchmen. That done, he turned to Marie. As for you, she threw herself at him, pleading, Please, monsieur, do not have me arrested. Hugo forced me to do it we oui, he
1: forced me to join his international gang of jewel thieves and then totally forced me to live the life of luxury it allowed. It was très terrible.
0: Yeah, they call that Paris syndrome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that took me a long time.
0: <clears throat> Eddie held her close. Shut up, he said quietly. (laughs) There's only one way I can save you.
1: Have you heard the good news of Jesus Christ?
0: How, Monsieur? By marrying you. Then we can tell the police that we worked together to capture those thieves. Otherwise, Marie said nothing. But her actions shouted her answer. She immediately shot him. Oof.
1: Wow, dark ending. Did not see that coming.
0: Well, the alternative did not seem viable.
1: No, not at all.
0: The end. Well, well, Rob. Yeah. That was a tale of the nightlife.
1: It was a lot of words put together. That's what it was.
0: Well, there were some pictures, too.
1: (laughs) Yes, which will all be scanned for our audience. Anything not including a pencil drawing of a nipple. That's the line. (laughs) That's the line I'm drawing it out.
0: Rob, what would you say the moral of this story is?
1: Alan, I'm switching things up tonight. Because, first of all, there was no other moral other than being a jerk gets you what you want. And second of all, I have no idea what's going on in this story. So instead of what's the moral, I'm asking what the hell is going on here? Why was he dying to get into the party? Who is this guy? What was he doing in Paris? What was his goal here? Why the hell is this called? Okay, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on, Rob. I, I got something for you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And tune in next week for another Interrupted... And what are we doing with our lives? Who are we? Does anyone
1: really know what time it is? Is it 10 o'clock? Do you know where your children are? Why?
0: Tail.